Hoppy and Lee on Listener. It's breakfast whenever you want it. Just poppy with you this morning, which means I can literally have breakfast whenever the heck I want because I don't have to worry about anybody else today. Lee away on a little bit of a holiday with his family at the moment. But we have so much to get through in this podcast. We got an announcement around the Wagga Comedy Festival and it is a very, very exciting one. Catching up with the Mayor of the Lockhart Shire, Greg Verdon, because they have been busy, 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 busy and they have a whole heap happening. Find out what's going on around that Shire. Talk a little bit about what they're looking for, with obviously with the federal election having been announced. Um, Talk a bit about what local governments and specifically the Lockhart Shire are looking for in that process. Um, but very excitingly, you might know him from the Sydney Sixers. You might know him from being over playing IPL cricket. You might know him from captaining the Aboriginal Eleven that went over in 2018 to England to commemorate 150 years of the first Indigenous cricket team travelling to England. You also might know him from Narendra. Dan Christian has just penned a book, The All-Rounder, and he joins us. Dan, very, very exciting that not only did you have that amazing career, you grew up right here in Narendra. I did, yeah. I um, I love my time growing up there. Still go back there a fair bit. Dad, Dad still lives there and um, all his side of the family, so it's always nice to get back whenever I can and, and spend some time on the river and, and have a nice relax. Did you play your junior cricket in Narendra? I did, yeah. So I grew up playing... Um, Cricket and rugby league, and um, yeah, cricket in the summer, rugby league in the winter, and, <laughs> as um, everyone does in the arena. <laughs> as everyone tends to, either that or AFL, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, just played, just used to play my local cricket until I until I went to Sydney in um, about twenty. Uh, sorry, when was that? Nineteen ninety six. Went to when I was about thirteen years old. Moved to Sydney, and uh, that's probably when my cricket started getting a bit more recognised, started making some representative teams and, um, yeah, it looked like, uh, looked like that's the direction it was going to go. What were you like at rugby league in the winter? As good as you are at cricket or...? Uh, no, I wasn't as good, but I certainly liked it. I, I loved it. I probably liked it more than, more than cricket, actually, but it was, my, <laughs> um, it was my school coach, my school rugby league coach that um, I got knocked out and in a grand final one day and he said, mm. um, I think you're best off I think you're best off sticking to the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> now you have just penned a book um, along with the help of Gideon Haig, who is an amazing cricket writer in his own right. How was the experience, I guess, of looking at your career with somebody else and going through all of the things that you've achieved? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. We um, Gideon was really keen to do a diary um, of a of the twelve months of the twelve months of a of a twenty twenty cricketer. So um, we've seen anyone that sort of read any cricket books or seen any cricket books. There's Steve Waugh and Mark Taylor and these guys used to do Ashes diaries that would last for you know, two months or so, and they'd follow the team around for and they'd write about what they did in those two months. So Gideon was interested in um, doing a twenty twenty one with me and 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 sort of following me around for 12 months and seeing where I went and where I played and um, all those experiences that I had. So he made the process really easy. We caught up on Zoom every um, three, four, five days. Uh, and then he just uh, and talked about what I was up to. We analysed our games and, um, and yeah, talked about whatever was going on off the field. And, and then he spat it out into a book. So Really interesting process, really interesting to read it back because um, a lot of the things I think you got up to, everyone gets up to in over 12 months, you, you tend to forget about. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't just sort of any 12-month period. You were literally touring the world and as cricket's a summer sport, following summer basically around the world from Australia to the IPL, around 
basically wherever there was cricket being played, you were there and you were talking about it. Talk to me about the IPL because you've been involved in this for a little while. It just from the outside looks like absolute mayhem and chaos. Is it like that inside as well? Very much so, particularly <laughs> this year. Uh, we It got called off this year after about a month mm. due to the pandemic in India. There were... 400,000 odd cases a day. Um, well, that's what's, well, that's what was being reported, but we, we figure when we were over there, it was probably a, a fair bit more than that. So a um, bit of a scary time being over there then, but we were in a, a pretty secure, pretty secure, biosecure bubble. Um, it was, um, yeah, it felt pretty, felt pretty safe, to be honest. Uh, but then you had the, then you had the dilemma of, you know, feeling like we were doing the right thing with, with cricket going on when so much, um, so much was going on outside the game. It felt like the right thing to do at the time, um, but because you just felt like we were we were giving the people at home some entertainment. But the longer it went on, the the more we realised it was probably time to get out of there and um, and shut it all down. Um, so pretty different experience this year, but it is yeah. mayhem. It's absolute mayhem. You you can't really leave the hotel even when there isn't a pandemic, just because <laughs> the people are so fanatical and and um, yeah, you get you pretty much get mobbed wherever you go. Well, cricket in India is absolutely insane. It's on like we love our cricket here in Australia, but it is on a whole another level over in India. It's absolutely mental. And what a really interesting time. I guess 2021 was sort of we all hoped the back end of the pandemic. It kind of had another bit of a spike globally, not just here in Australia. So a really interesting time for you to be talking about what it was like to be actually travelling because there weren't many people who were able to be travelling. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. So I had to um, I had to get a uh, get an exemption from the government to say that that's how I was putting my bread on the table. So I have to go over, <laughs> so I have to go over and, and work over there, and then work in the UK. And um, I also went to Pakistan. The exact same thing happened. Um, the competition got called off over there, um, and then halfway through the year, sort of out of the blue, I got recalled for Australia. So I came home. Did quarantine for that, and then went back to Barbados, and then to in the West Indies, and then and then over to Bangladesh. So it ended up being a, a pretty eventful year, and um, yes, yeah, so I'm really lucky that that I'm able to have this book to look back on it all. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I think, um, and I, I may, may be a highlight for you, and I think reading about it is so interesting. You were lucky enough to captain the Aboriginal Eleven in 2018 to commemorate the first Indigenous tour of England. Um, 150 years since that happened. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was a wonderful experience. It was, um, you know, pretty humbling and and uh, very much an honour to be a part of it, and, and even more of an honour to to captain it. Um, Following those guys on a much smaller scale, we we weren't over there for as long as what they were in 1868, but we we sort of retraced their footsteps and played at a lot of the grounds they played at. Um, got to go and visit Lords when the Australian team were playing there as well, which was a great experience for a lot of the the younger guys that that hadn't been there before and hadn't even met any of the any of the Aussie players. So um, yeah, a really great experience and and. I think it turned out to be a, a great stepping stone for um, what Cricket Australia's begun to do with the Indigenous game since then. They've um, put a lot more, put a lot more time and effort and uh, resources into improving, improving Indigenous cricket and um, trading a bit more awareness um, of Indigenous culture with the wider cricket community as well. Um, before I let you go this morning, I have actually just seen um, doing a bit of googling. Nickname is Siri. Where has that come from? <laughs> <laughs> that came from that came from an old teammate 
in Victoria by the name of Rob Quiney. He uh, he coined me Siri when I first moved to Victoria. The Victorians, when I first moved there, they weren't uh, they weren't the smartest bunch of cricketers I've ever met. So. <laughs> Wow. They'd ask a question. They'd ask a question in the change room, and, and more often than not, I'd know the answer to it. And sure enough, he said it was like he was talking to Siri, so then it ended up sticking. <laughs> that is a fantastic nickname, and the great news is it's on the internet. Nothing on the internet ever dies. So you are stuck as Siri, I think, for the rest of your life. Dan Christian, the book is the All Rounder. You put it together with Gideon High. Um, if people want to get it, where can they uh, get their hands on it? Where can they get a copy of it? It's all over the internet. You can, if you Google the Google the All Rounder, uh, and it's yeah, it's in all your good bookstores, and you can buy it online as well. It's yeah, by Harper Collins, the publisher. Um, yeah, out now. Go and get it if you can. Absolutely, what a year twenty twenty one was, especially to be an elite athlete. So congratulations on the book, Dan Christian, Narendra product. Now, from one very exciting announcement to another, I am joined by Carissa Campbell, manager of the Wagga Civic Theatre, because Carissa, a very exciting announcement: the Wagga Comedy Festival is back, baby. I know, right? After uh, we need it, we need a laugh, don't yeah. we? So, <laughs> After so, the last two years, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, we're back on the June long weekend, ninth till eleventh, and ten shows, eight comedians, and yeah, great fun. Ten shows, eight comedians. Run me through them. Oh yeah, well, we have Ando coming back with the Happiest Refugee, which is actually the first show we ever had at the Wagga Comedy Fest on really? our first year ever. Oh so, yeah, wow! It's an incredible show if you've never seen it. It's amazing. I have never seen it. Locking it in. Okay, fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, so we also have uh, the wonderful Effie on stage with awesome. her new show, Better Out Than In, which is uh, Effie's take on lockdown homeschooling and uh, <laughs> families who don't stay at home like they're supposed to. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then uh, following her is the lovely Joel Creasy and his show's Fun. called Basic AF because Joan, <laughs> Joel's owning his basicness. <laughs> He's promising no politics, and to me, that is that's sell enough. Yeah, you know? Oh yes. Well, the next six weeks will be enough politics for the lot of us. Exactly. I'd suggest. That's it. So we have um, Nurse Georgia Carroll coming back as well. Great. She was here last year, and she's a real nurse and a comedian. So she's been working through through this whole period. Oh my god! And her show just won best show at the Adelaide uh, Fringe Festival. Excellent. And last year, it, the room was full of nurses and physios and doctors, <laughs> and it was just it's all hospital talk, but uh, it's just hysterical. So I kind of figured the healthcare workers need a laugh oh, yeah. after this last year. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, Luke Heggie on Saturday night. I don't know if you know Luke, but he's the most deadpan, sarcastic, hilarious. He's so wogger. He's been here twice and uh, he's just, uh, you know, hot tip to potentially win the Melbourne Comedy Festival this Ooh, year. Yeah, all it. right. And then two homegrown people. We have uh, Michelle Brazier with Average Bear. Awesome. Uh, it's uh, music, comedy, uh, Michelle went to Kringle High. She's taking the show to Edinburgh. It got nominated for Best Show at Melbourne Comedy Festival last year. It's won wow. all these awards. Incredible. Yeah. And also Dame Simpson is ticking a show off his bucket list. It's Dane Simpson's Variety Hour on Friday night. <laughs> And because Dane has been doing every game show under the sun at the yeah. moment on TV. Yeah, so literally. He, he loves game shows. Does love game shows. Does <laughs> so love a game show. He's made his own game show. And uh, <laughs> comedians from around the festival are going to come and be a part of it. The audience can come and be a part of it. And it's late night and it's very silly. And I was like, what are you going to do? And he goes, oh, we'll see. So <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want. When you're, cur- when you're curating a festival, you want to go, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? I'm not sure. You're, Turn up. You're like, okay. Anything could happen. That's it. And that's what you want at a comedy festival. You want a bit of an anything can happen anything attitude. can happen I said hey, which comedians come and goes can't say so, okay <laughs> I trust Dane I'm sure it'll be fantastic well that's it when well, Dane's obviously a big driver behind this and obviously his success has gone whoosh, 
through the roof, which has meant that the Wagga Comedy Festival has been able to bring in some huge, huge names. How excited are you guys to be able to work with Dane, putting this all back together, getting this amazing group of comedians back to Wagga? Oh, it's fantastic. Look, and Dane uh, worked on the show last year. He was mm. the artistic director last year. This year, he's a guest. He's <laughs> an, he's yay. A, yay, that's it. <laughs> so um, I think Dane was a young comedian in our very first festival. He was a young man who wanted to be a comedian and we mm-hmm. gave him tickets to things and he came along <laughs> and did a little fringe show. And to see his career take off and the comedy club at yeah. the same time, I think Wagga is so lucky. We don't know how good we have it here with this comedy. No, absolutely not. And to have, I guess, someone like him to go, oh, here's, here's Aunt Doe's number. Get him back again. He was great. <laughs> and here's such and such as number. It's just so great. Mm. But from your guys' perspective, how much work has gone into getting all this back up and running again? Yeah, it's huge. It's like a light switch is <laughs> flicked back on. Everyone's super excited to get back to seeing live shows and you can feel it. People are a bit antsy when they come out. They're ready to (laughs) dance and ready to have a drink. (laughs) Awesome. And you guys have a a huge year ahead. I know that we spoke, um, I think we spoke to you early in the year and basically you just said, we do not have one free moment at the Civic Theatre between now and the end of the year. That's exactly Um, right. Luckily you had this weekend free though, blocked out for the Wagga Comedy Festival. And we've had so much great live music. The Rubens, Amy Shark, who's coming back again in July. Awesome. This incredible, you know, all these artists are kind of discovering what a great place this is to play. So we're really happy. If people want tickets and more information and that sort of thing about the Wagga Comedy Festival, where can they go? Where do they need to be watching so that when things go on sale and when they get all the information, where do we need to be? Uh, civictheatre.com.au. 10 o'clock today, it'll all be on sale. And um, it's been our sellout the last few years. So, yeah. Well, that is really, really exciting. Civictheatre.com.au, where you go for all your tickets if you want to get along to any of those shows. And I would highly... Highly, highly recommend doing so. It is a lot of fun. From Wagga to Lockhart, catching up with the Mayor of the Lockhart Shire, Greg Verdon, today. And Greg, there's been a lot going on in your Shire. And we'll start with the Council's 2022 to 25 delivery plan. That's still out at the moment for a little bit of public comment. Can you chat to us a bit about that? That's correct. It's on uh, public exhibition at the moment. And uh, the delivery plan uh, is the... uh the contains the strategies and actions that council proposes to pursue during the next term of uh, of the uh, of the council, and uh, I guess it's the statement of commitment to the community for um, our uh, you know what their objectives and how we how we're going to translate them into actions. What have some of the comments? Have you had a chance to have a look at some of the I guess community engagement with that delivery plan? Are people pretty on board with what you guys are planning to do over the next few years? Well, to my knowledge, we haven't had uh, too many people uh, come back and say that, that that we're out of sync with what they're uh, what they're thinking. You know, a couple of the issues we're looking at is obviously is a review of the effectiveness of council's uh, flood mitigation, uh, the restoration of the Shire roads after those uh, significant weather events. Mm. Um, the establishment of a business community centre at The Rock and uh, a review of our local uh, LEP to uh, guide land use planning and development in the future and um, continued improvements to our sporting and recreational facilities and community infrastructure. So I think that pretty well uh, you know, has a, a, a broad consensus among the community. I think they all sound like pretty good things to me, Greg. Talk to us. It is federal election time in case you haven't switched on a TV um, or a radio or anything in the last uh, 24 hours to to 48 hours. The election's been called and, of course, it's dominating the media at the moment. What do local governments and specifically the Lockhart Shire, what are you guys hoping that the federal government remember about, I guess, the regions during this federal election time? 
Well, I, I, we just hope that uh, whoever is elected remembers that local government is probably the best partner you can have to deliver programs. And uh, we're just hoping, that, and through the Australian Local Government Association, uh, Lockhart Council has joined in a, a I guess, a plan to uh, lobby both sides to uh, to look at, uh, you know, uh, ensuring that local government is included uh, in a lot of those things. Simple things like uh, being restored to the National Cabinet, um, improving the uh, financial assistance grants from about 0.5% of GDP to 1%. So that would allow councils, you know, greater access to funding for future planning and infrastructure needs. And uh, I think... Uh, through uh, through programs that the, they have rolled out already, like local roads and community infrastructure, it clearly demonstrates how quickly they can get these uh, projects out into the community, and uh, you know it's also good for local employment. Absolutely. Talk to me about the Riverina Regional Library. Recently, the Wagga City Council have left that partnership. What does that mean for the Riverina Regional Library? Well, it's certainly going to have a, an impact on uh, on all the other members, and it was, you know, I, I would be uh, uh, less than truthful if I said we weren't disappointed that Wagga has decided to uh, pull out because they, obviously they were the major player uh, within the uh, the regional group, but um, it will obviously mean, I think, initially uh, additional costs for all the. Um, all the other uh, councils in because uh, they are all fully committed to the regional library because we think it's a a, a great program and one that uh, has delivered over a long time uh, especially to smaller communities like um, like Lockhart and uh, um, you know Coolamon and these so uh, it, it will have a, a financial impact but we're we're hopeful that um, uh, other other councils may join the scheme, which will, uh, you know, uh, uh, soften that impact a little. Fantastic. And also catching up with Greg Verdon from the Lockhart Shire, the Mayor of the Lockhart Shire. Talk to me, Greg, about the rental shortages in your region. I understand that there is uh, there are some rental shortages. What's that like on the ground? And in terms of solutions, where are you guys sitting on that? Well, there's, <clears throat> to say that's a bit of an understatement to say <laughs> there is a rental shortage. Uh, I think that's that's uh, regional-wide, and we, we're trying to attack that on a couple of um, fronts. Obviously, through our uh, our regional uh, joint organisation, we're looking at strategies as to how we can uh, get more rental accommodation and uh, get the government to invest more in community housing. But I think there's also there's an onus on... Um, uh, we have a lot of land, especially, say, at The Rock and those areas that uh, is zoned for residential, but people are sitting on large parcels that um, if they ever decide to uh, to redevelop or, you know, subdivide, we could open up a, a lot of uh, a lot of area in a very short time because we've got all the facilities like sewer and water and all those uh, services are there. But um, it's about, uh, you know, really trying to be a... a uh, a cooperation between private and uh, and council as to uh, getting more land available and making more uh, houses available for rental. Well, I think you're right in saying that this is a, a problem, I guess, across a lot of regional councils. And I know that with so many people leaving the capital cities to try and move, you know, have the tree change lifestyle, um, I know that a lot of places are having that issue. Very quickly, before I let you go, you guys have got some Commonwealth funding for a uh, renewable energy project. Can you talk to us about that? That's really exciting. 
Yeah, it is. And uh, we had a, a briefing at our last council meeting by Gordon Hind, who's the uh, facilitator of this. And uh, he's basically um, now through all the uh, all the regulatory uh, uh, requirements and uh, he's hopeful that uh, he will make a, a start on the project uh, in the uh, latter half of this year and hopefully we'll be uh, up and running next year. Very exciting times for you and your Shire. Greg Burden, the Mayor of the Lockhart Shire. Plenty going on. Speaking of plenty going on, I've got a heap to do for the rest of my day, so I am going to buzz off and get that done. But if you want to catch us anytime, you can do so right here on the Listener app or you can listen live on the Listener app or on your radio. 11.52 Triple M is where you can catch Lee and myself. We'll be back tomorrow. See ya. Poppy and Lee. Weekdays from 6 on the Riverine is Triple M. And whenever you want them on Listener.